Hello and welcome to Nikki Lyle Creative Presents with Industry Leaders, where today I'm joined again by uh, Mark Fleming, who is founder of Rosie Lee and also a recent founder of Against Time. Welcome, Mark. Thanks again for your time. Thank you for having me. And, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been a great, uh, I really enjoyed this. I think you learn a lot about yourself through putting yourself under this kind of microscope you kind of you know you kind of does that kind of make sense it's kind of a yeah it's very uh daunting i suppose if you think about it but revealing is probably a better word yeah exactly so the last time um if anyone wants to catch up with the other session that we've had it's all you can listen to them on the podcast and the video on youtube but what i really want to discuss with you today mark is this new um business that you've created against time but but first off could you tell us a bit about um yourself and how you started out in the industry um okay so hi i'm mark fleming uh global creative director founder of rosie lee um where did it begin you know many 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 uh, years ago in a galaxy far away type stuff i think uh I've been lucky enough and fortunate enough to have a career in the creative world. Uh, I've worked in one or two places, but really from one point of view, Rosie Lee is the only place I've really tangibly been. Uh, I formed the company uh, 20 years ago. Um, lucky enough to have us, uh, our first client was uh, an amazing uh, friend, producer, Andrew Weatherall. Second client was Nike. And then from there, it just kind of took off. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of a series of happy accidents, uh, opportunities, and then when uh, when luck came its way, grabbed it both hands, and uh, here I am now. And you've like from running Rosie Leaf twenty years, you know, you've weathered the storm for a couple of recessions and seen some real industry changes, but. What made you decide to create against time? Well, 20 years is a long time, you know, from one point of view. Uh, it's one of the reasons I moved to New York, you know, change. Uh, you needed to kind of mix things up. I see some of our team coming and going. I see them moving. You know, I mean, it's, it's very, very, very weird to be uh, like an older director, you know, where you see kind of people traveling around, oh, I'm moving around, I've done this, I've done that. So it's a, as, as great and as happy I am with our achievements as Rosalie, as a person, I needed to grow. Uh, I needed to create space for things to happen. Um, and I think when I came back from New York, um, Rosalie wasn't the same in that respect. The guys were doing a great job. I've kind of made myself somewhat redundant in that respect. And, and, and I think the writing was on the wall, especially uh, when you live in New York or you see some of the things that we get involved with and you see that things aren't working, you know, brands aren't really connecting. Uh, I, I don't know, it, it just seemed like something was broken and I need not, and I wanted to could be broken in myself. Actually, if you think about it, I'm not saying I'm here to fix, but like something was at odds, and I and I believed that I needed to try something different. But then I kind of in speaking to others, I think they too 
were, were lost as well. And I think we, there was a whole kind of stream of people around me that were all kind of saying, yeah, it's, something's off. I can't put my finger on it. So we just, we just went for it, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, as we kind of talk more, some of the, the aspects of Against Time will come to the fore. So what, what's the main differences between Against Time and Rosie Lee? Um, Rosie Lee is like a, a world-class, highly respected um, agency working with epic brands like Nike, Coty, Beats, Converse, Jordan, uh, StockX, you know, it's all the big brands. It's all the epic, you know, sort of things. And, you know, and, uh, and the, 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 these brands are epic, you know, but, but also it puts you on a pedestal and, and it makes you kind of, for certain people, you know, there are clients coming to us now specifically because of that. But there are many who aren't talking to us because we feel that, oh, they look unapproachable or they won't be interested in us or they look expensive or, do you know what I mean? So one of the reasons really was, um, is to give access and have just a different point of view, you know, um, does that kind of make sense? It's almost like, yeah, you know, we don't want anyone to feel intimidated. You know, we're very, very accessible. You know, I can imagine people probably don't think that, but that was one of the reasons as well. It's like, how do we, how do we share our tools, our skills with people that ordinarily may not think of us or approach us? And then, so as against time, the, the startup agency that's more approachable can take on different types of projects and clients compared to Rosie Lee? One word you said there that gives me the heebie-jeebies, agency. Yeah. I'm not particularly feeling that word. Uh, um, there's a couple of things that I'm not particularly feeling, like clients, consumers. Those words uh, are obviously understandable because people like to people, put people in boxes, uh, understandably. But I'm, I'm fighting very hard to, to not be an agency. Because uh, when you see agency, then everyone goes, oh, agencies, you know, they're, you know, people obviously right or wrongly assume the, the good or bad thing. And again, from a Rose Lee point of view, we started, you know, a lot of people asked us, what do we do? And again, there, I fought for years, like, you know, I think we even had a tagline, we're like a pigeon that won't fit in a box. You know, there's even things like that. And, you know, we, I fought and fought and fought being defined and and it's coming it's coming back again in, in against time you know i don't want to be seen as a brand new company i don't want to be seen as a, a graphics you know we're doing more than that some of the things we're doing are like community-based social-based strategy you know we were even discussing this morning prior to school we're almost architects if you think of it you know it is trying not to be limited in our in, in in perception yeah what what phrase or word i know you don't like boxing or pigeonholing and we we've had discussions in the past mark and we're about normal what is normal what is a new normal it's a new abnormal and and all the rest of it what if there was to be a name other than agency would there be one or would you prefer that there wasn't it was just left open 
Well, you know, I meet people now, and like, you know, you, even even people uh, when you you know you, you log on to Instagram or TV or whatever, is, you're seeing musicians that are fashion brands. You're seeing architects being DJs. You're seeing, you know, that's the thing. It's very interesting where people are becoming somewhat polymaths. Not everyone kind of navigates and does that that very very well. Um, I think I'm, I'm gravitating to the words platform. I'm gravitating to the words, uh, yeah, or, or, or not community, because again, a community kind of builds a, a, a different thing. It's, it, a new vocabulary needs to be uh, established, you know, because sometimes these one words don't really describe really it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, platform's a great word. Um, what were your main observations in 2020? It was a battle, really. Um, I think you could see that things needed to change. Um, you know, the world was upside down, ripping itself apart. There was obviously heartache, stress. You know, people were, were like lost. And arguably still are. Um, but what one of the observations was that I was inspired a lot by those people who stood up, those people who um, I don't know that chose to be uncomfortable. Those people, do you know what I mean? It's kind of thing. It kind of just made me think again, just reaffirmed what I feel, and I'm sure many of your viewers and everyone that made this decision is feeling. You know, something needed to change. I think one of the another observation to keep it within a, a work within this kind of creative thing is digital is not the future. You know, if digital is the future, how come I'm zoomed out? You know, you know what I mean? It's like digital, don't get me wrong, it is a, you know, it is amazing, but I think moving forward, you know, a physical and tangible things powered by digital uh, tools. Can be more empowering you know what i mean if if digital is so brilliant how come people who have been homeschooled are, are you know what i mean so i think a, a weaving together of digital and physical and uh and uh human connection with i know i've seen an integration of this augmented is a word that i use a lot but that doesn't really describe it so yeah yeah, I think what 2020 made us, we've all been put under house arrest and digital has been the only you know, where we've been able to communicate, but we're all dying to be in environments together again, actually. And it's made us realise the true value of that. Um, yeah, uh, you know, the warmth of, of you know, yeah. yeah I, some people are good with it, some people aren't. I, I kind of struggle with it, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I do think an integrated, you know, uh, future is, is something that's definitely on the cards. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what sort of um, clients are you working with at Against Time? <sighs> okay. NDAs aside and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're working on lots and lots of... Uh, I oh, know. Um, currently working with um, startups, um, entrepreneurs. Uh, you know, people. Uh, I think you even met uh, 
the WaveGen uh, team, you know, they, they contacted us day one, we announced they're our first clients. You know, uh, these uh, young women are kind of really, really trying to redefine what is ethical, sustainable fashion. You know, we're working with Dose, uh, we're working with uh, a textile engineer in Wales who does it globally to challenge what is sustainable fashion. Uh, working with Nifty, uh, probably shouldn't talk about that one too much. Um, yeah, and, and also we're working with like Kazi, which is a uh, like a, an artisan kind of brand of, uh, based in Rwanda, where they have over 400 uh, artisans making beautiful worldly products to be sold uh, in mostly uh, America and some parts of Europe. But, and kind of like really trying to mobilize in that brand to kind of be more you know, to do more goods. And then from that, we're moving into brands like Tigo, Preview, and uh, things like that, that are kind of looking to be disruptive within the uh, physical and sports space. And yeah, uh, and a couple of other things. So it's very hard. A lot of the things that we are doing is very much, that's Siri. Uh, oops. I, when you have Siri, just seems to listen at the wrong time. Oh, uh, always. Always. Uh, I think we're doing a lot of kind of top level work. We're helping like a makeup brand, a sports makeup brand, like repivot and reconnect. Uh, so there's lots of things that are coming out in the, uh, this year. Yeah. And, and how have you attracted, because they sound like, I love the sound of like all the uh, entrepreneurs and like the startups and sustainability um, companies you're working with. How did you get those clients? Were they just approach you or? Oddly, it's, we haven't done anything. Uh, and I say that uh, we've, we've never stopped really. We've, uh, we made, we, you know, word of mouth, um, doing calls like this, uh, you know, just being in a conversation, you know, listening to people um, and, and kind of being like that. And, and we've had a couple of, uh, some great people who have been ambassadors for us that kind of linked us up with people. You know, you when you when you talk like this, you'll meet someone else. Yeah, you know, I know this great person. You know, a lot of people kind of hook you up and kind of make things happen. And it's been kind of somewhat organic. Uh, we haven't advertised, you know, from one point of view, we've got no portfolio to promote. We've got, you know what I mean? But somehow through word of mouth and just through uh, doing good work, it's kind of spreading organically i always find that that wherever you put your intention energy and focus that's where the results seem to come towards you like a magnetic pull almost i'm, I'm a great believer in serendipity you know uh to quote i can't remember who said it, it was probably joe or something like that uh you know he works very hard to be as lucky as he is you know you know what i mean it's like the world will the universe will, will kind of work with you if you kind of space yeah exactly oh, i'm a full believer in that like you prepare yourself for luck and then when the opportunity presents itself to you you're 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 ready for it um so how do you decide if clients are Rosie lee or against time clients is there ever uh arm wrestling no uh, it's it's it, it's, it's interesting because i obviously i wear it's a bit of duality in one respect, because I do wear both hats, uh, but I think really fit, you know, 
you know, that's again, we've got brands coming to us and we go, do you know what? This would probably sit better within Games Pine, within our skill sets or whatever, you know, the way the client wants to work, you know, how the budget or aspirations or things like that. And then if it's something else, then maybe it can go to Rosie Lee. And then also helps differentiate the both offerings, you know, but then saying that we do collaborate all the time, you know, what's the point of having this resource? You know, we, we view them, uh, you know, our, all our entities, whether it's Broom, Creative, uh, or something we call Central, which we'll probably talk about later, and uh, against time, are like a family, and they obviously bicker and squabble, but invariably we come together uh, uh, and play together. Yeah, that's quite interesting. Almost like sometimes even when you get family or twins, there's, there's obvious differences between each sibling and each individual as a person as well, or their person. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you know, ultimately, you know, holistically, if they win a project, we win. If they, we win a, it's like, again, it's a team effort, you know, it's, it's, and it's just been, been a bit more kind of grown up about it. And, and again, our differences is what makes us really great. Mm. And how do you predict the new abnormal will look like? I know we've spoken about digital and spaces and people wanting to, to be in back in spaces and merging the two. Are there any other predictions that you have? Uh, we talk about this lot a lot. Uh, even yesterday, uh, Tom was talking about, you know, what is a career? What is training? What is a job? Even within our organisation, we talk about flattening the business, we talk about self-management, we talk about transparency and things like that. But I think the new abnormal, this, this is set in motion. We can't undo this. I think ever-changing will, will be the new normal. There will be no certainty, you know, which I think it's daunting, um, you know, but I choose to be somewhat optimistic, you know, uh, and I can write my own script, you know, in that respect. And I think you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that are going, oh shoot, what can I do, whatever. Well, you're actually quite empowered. And I think ultimately being flexible, adaptable, you know, if anything, you know, who would have thought this last year, you could even ruin it as a film, you know, and then now we've seen that anything can really, really happen. Right? So I think just being robust enough and resilient enough and that is really the only way to kind of get through this yeah exactly and i i've personally found that this uncertainty for me i've found it very exciting because i can see lots of opportunities for creativity and new ways of doing things actually and and new leaders coming up through the ranks as well that may not have been listened to from the yeah. old world that now have a voice I mean, we'll talk about it a bit later. I can imagine there's a lot of people that want stability, that want certainty. Uh, and, and I even hear it from my teams. And, and I can't, and I, I sometimes I come over as a bit antagonistic, I suppose. But uh, I would say, I don't know what the future is. And I don't know, you know I, I have a guess. But I can tell you what will happen if we do nothing. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like if we do nothing, we won't be here tomorrow or this or that. So I think the really to, to kind of to 
to be you know literally be on the move is the only real way to really kind of the only real future I think we can kind of have. Yeah, which is why I find it so interesting that Rosie Lee is is an established uh, platform, and then we've got you've evolved and you've moved forward and been proactive with against time, as well, which seems to be reflective and art and trying to support these new changes that have been happening. Well, I mean, just to clarify, Rosie Lee is changing and adapting too, yeah. but against time is able because there's no preconceptions. If we want to turn, you know, if we want to change our operating systems or, you know, don't use Trello or Slack, we can. You know, if you go to Rosalie and go, hey, I want to change this, they go, ooh, you know, so we're able, because it's a clean slate, we're able to uh, make new mistakes. Whereas I think with Rosalie, uh, obviously they've got systems in place which enables them to do epic projects you know, for epic brands around the world. So there is certain structure that that organization needs. You know, if you're going to give it Air Max Day or do a big global thing like the OT campaign you've just done, you're going to need some sort of structure to cope with that or else you'll just get bulldozed. So they are flexing too. They are evolving too. But, but I think uh, against time is, is being more, a, a little bit more nimble with that. And we're, we're testing new things like Toggle. We're testing new things like that. And then we're going proof of concept. Hey, hey guys, Toggle's really cool, right? And then now Toggle's, as of January 4, Toggle's been used by all our businesses. So yeah, we're at, from one point of view, we're kind of testbed for other things. And for the other organizations we work with, like Preview or Tigo or, you know, so we can go, hey, we've learned this, you know, maybe you can speak to your clients like this. So yeah. Mm. And what do you look for when hiring talent these days? It's kind of always been the same, but never more uh, needed now is um, passion, you know, uh, and having uh, a North Star. You know, we design more than just graphics. You know, we, we shape and steer and control you know, I mean, like we were talking earlier about architects, you know, Victoria at the moment, you know, yeah, she's designed the identity for Kazi, but actually she's shaping how that whole organization works and brings money to the artisans in Rwanda. You know, I mean, it's actually more seismic than that. So her values are being played out in real time on the project, as opposed to her, in conjunction with her, with her aesthetic. So does that kind of make sense? It's like, if you can bring your whole self, because we can utilize your whole self, you know, then, you know, our partners and our clients, or I'm trying to use the client, but the people we work with, they can engage fully with that. Yeah. And how have you seen, um, I know you don't like the word consumers, but I'm trying to think of a different word, um, but individuals' mindsets have changed? Uh... I hope, I, I, I sometimes I watch the news and I see stuff and I kind of go, I look and go, crikey. Uh, but then I'm, I, you know, I, I like to think that uh, uh, the audience out there are demanding more of uh, the brands that they buy from, you know, expecting more from government. You know, I think everyone's been a lot more transparent and holding people a bit more accountable. 
Sorry. But then equally, I do see people queuing outside Primark. And I, I kind of like go, you know, I, I kind of scratch my head a little bit when I go, hang on, here we are talking about climate crisis. And then you've got other people queuing up outside Primark. And I go, well, you know, so I, I see two worlds. I, I, I do see there's going to be a kind of like a, a revolution of where, you know, I mean, there's conflict because I think they were given that mixed signals. And I think, you know, it, it's down to, I don't know, I, I'm hoping that, you know, people, everyone, their audiences or communities or whatever you kind of describe them, you know, just being a bit more wiser with what they do because what they do matters because it ripples through time and commerce and everything. Yeah, well, th this is what you would hope that since we, some people said the planet's grounded us, they're like, right, go to your room and sit and think about what you've done and what you're doing and reflect. And most people have been reflecting, but I also wonder what sort of individuals are we going to meet post lockdown? So obviously some people are being radicalised at the moment on social media where we know of some individuals that just sit on Facebook and social media just gives you an echo chamber of content and you just go into that hole. And we've seen that with like anti-vaxxers and people being like distrusting of government, etc. And I wonder who are we going to meet once we're let out of our homes again and then we'll be having conversations down the pub and what will people really be saying like what journey have they been on well i think that's what conversations that's a great word as long as we're talking i don't care if you've got a different point of view to me as long as i respect your differences and you're not going to ram it down my throat you know maybe there's a conversation you can change my opinion or vice versa dialogue really i think is what's bringing back you know, what needs you know what i mean and this polarization that sometimes you know algorithms kind of bring and things like that um yeah I, I just think mutual respect and understanding i mean that's as old as time but i think never never before is it needed yeah well this is it like conversation as you said mark it's essential and not enough of it has been had where people have just been insular within their own environments just consuming whatever they choose to consume so it'd be good to have yeah, uh, you know i'm sure the team won't like it like earlier i think it was last week or this week we were on a call uh, and, and then someone says, hey, uh, you know, uh, it, uh, the, the person was saying, hey, I'm sorry, I've messed up. Tell your finance team, like, I'll, I'll sort it out later. And, and let me know her address. I'll send her some stuff. And I'm going, no, 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 no. Just say thank you. He said thank you. The client said thank you. That's all we need. You don't need to send boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff. You know, and they had some of the people on the call going, what you're saying no to free stuff and like yeah just thank you wicked that's all we need thank you and mate you know and think of us again don't, you don't really need to send boxes of stuff you know and you know we had a call afterwards where the, our team said hey i could have done some nice stuff and i'm like really you're not going out right so you're not going to wear them you know <laughs> all right so come on guys it was just you know, we talk about it a lot, you know, reduce, reuse, recycle, but there's actually another R, you know, refuse. You know, yeah, if you really want that, ask them, and I'm sure the brand, this particular brand will send it to you. But yeah, it's just to hold each, hold each other accountable, I think is, you know what I mean? Start with yourself and, and take it from there. Yeah, well, I, I really like that phrase, actually, Mark. That's why I always love it when we chat, like refuse. I'd never even thought of that. 
actually say no. Let's just stop. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I've got enough sneakers. Thank you. You know, do you know what? Don't send it to me. There's a community around the corner. Send them some football boots. Or do you know what? I'm good, thank you. Auction it for charity and give it to whatever. No, I'm good, thank you. You know, so mm -hmm. it's again like that. That's what we. I'm trying to start. Again, it's easy for me to say that, but like I, I, I drew a line with that. Well, my wife actually called called shit a couple of years ago when I got Gibson stuff, and she says, "Why have you accepted these?" And I go, "Well, I thought they were kind of cool." And she said, "They're horrible." And I go, "Yeah." And then I was, and then I thought, "Ah, oh, God, you know." Um, well, to be honest, I actually did like them, but it was obviously I only wore them for a while. But then I kind of like from that point then. I kind of realised if I really want it, I'll buy it, or if I really want it, I'll ask for it. But just being given stuff that will just sit there, it's not particularly right long term. No, not at all. Not from a sustainable point of view. And I think a lot of people are, are realising that as well. Just the mass consumption before the pandemic hit. You know, we we're all on this conveyor belt and it was insane. The amount of times we were flying around, uh, literally people flying for a client meeting for an hour and then flying back again. Yeah, I mean, I should have been in LA in January, then Miami, then we were invited to Switzerland. Switzerland, uh, Miami, uh, Miami would have been for two days, LA probably would have been for a week. To your point, Switzerland would have been for two hours. You know, and, and again, you know, the client presentations like this aren't the best. But actually, having kids bouncing around in the background, or you know, uh, I hurt my back uh, in December, and literally, my back was trending uh, with all our clients. Literally, on these calls with these brands and organisations. Oh, Mark, how's your back? And you go, Yeah, it's good, thank you. you know, oh yeah, like oh yeah, you should do this dog down dog. Now, if we if we were in a professional environment. All that would have been hidden. That would have been all behind a veneer of professionalism and going to people's offices. So as, as much as I'd love to be in Miami now and as much as I'd love to be, I think this, this more access to people uh, has been like a, 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 a gift. You know what I mean? It's like you, you see more humanity uh, like this. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. An interesting situation happened to me there as this financial director. And every, I've been in the industry for 10 years and he's been in the industry for years. And every meeting, he'd be in a suit and we'd be in an office and it'd be such a formal negotiation. And then I saw him in a hoodie in, you know, in his spare room. And it completely humanised him in a way that and the whole experience just changed. Yeah, you know, so I'm, I'm not in the house, but like usually a cat would be walking around and he's gone. We'd be yeah. on the call now. You know, there's James in Amsterdam and he's got a, a new, uh, they've got a new pup. And literally, this pup has been on all the client calls. And the clients go, Oh, yeah, can you bring toast out? And he goes, and, and, and again, it, it, it's, it's endearing and, and humanizing. And, and you know what I mean? And I think that's, that's one of the things that you probably wouldn't have got if we'd met in a formal environment. And I think we're all going through this experience together, like the pandemic, we're all in the same storm. Some of us are in different boats. And um, 
that that in it together thing I think has cemented relationships more so and it's kind of mm-hmm. yeah been a bit more supportive but um so going back to like the structure of Rosie Lee and Against Time obviously now all everyone went from being in the studio of Rosie Lee to working from home do you imagine people start going back to the office how do you feel as, as an owner of the of the businesses with that approach we've got if, if I take a helicopter view, we have four businesses, you know, one's in Froome, one's in Amsterdam, one's in London, one's in New York. That's not the case now. We've got, you know, there's someone in Toulouse, there's someone um, uh, in Milan, someone in Ber- uh, Berlin, someone uh, team, you know, we're scattered. And it's kind of great in that respect, literally, you know, uh, you know, I mean, it's not working from home, it's work from anywhere. Um, so even though I can't wait to be back in the studio and, and listening to people, you know, the energy, listening to music and, you know, collaborating, uh, I can't imagine we'll be going back in, but I think most offices will change into being like, okay, this is, this is where the soul is. And maybe people just go in for two days a week and they come together for like war rooms or creative sessions. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't think it will be a workspace it will be a, a community interacting kind of like huddle, you know, where people come together and say, hey, we're working on this band. Right? Everyone comes in, we listen to this music, everyone goes, oh yeah, you know, or some people go to this. And, and then, you know what I mean? That kind of chemistry comes, and then we just go back. So I, I, I think it is an elastic kind of concept. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, that's something I'm struggling with a little bit. Is like, what? How do we do this? You know, because some people do and don't want to come in, and all that. But I think, okay, then let's reframe what an office is, what our studio is, and that's what we're advising a lot of our clients. Is okay, then there's going to be a lot of people that want to go back to work, but they don't want to. So, what is work? Do you make sure there's food there, there's yoga there, and things like. So, what work is more than work? It is a community, it's a networking space, it's a concepting space, it's a Things like that, but you know, to your point, why spend uh, two hours a day commuting? You know, so you know what I mean. I don't mind commuting in now. You know, it's not. It's actually quite pleasant commuting in at the moment. Not that I have, but if I had to do it every day, I'd be quite fatigued. I can imagine. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I, I like what you say about, um, you know, the work environment being, you know, the environment where there's a community and people bouncing ideas with each other and energy sharing, like in person. I think, you know, the fixed office space working nine till six was very much off the back of the industrial revolution. Everyone was saying it for years, you know, we don't have to go into a factory for actual labour of, you know being in front of machines and and creativity and can it be something that's done from home and as long as people are hitting deadlines and producing what needs to be produced can there be some flex i think there's some caveats with that because you know if we're not working from home then we're all together separately then are we a company no what is a company you know in that respect and then also where is the soul where is the kind of like the culture of a business essential or and are we essentially just independent and it's like the call center type thing and everyone you know so we do need to try and recognize what is that what is the glue of a physical space uh, and things like that and then also you know i think anyone that's probably listening 
you know, I can imagine if, if your boss wants you to go in and you don't want to, then your boss can say, well, let's close the office down. And if you close the office down, then why do you need people in London? Then you can go, oh, actually, I can have people in Edinburgh at this. And then once, so it's very interesting. It's, it's you know, like from our point of view, I'm trying to reconcile where, where is Rosalie or where is against time and virtually anywhere. But I'm trying to reconcile where is the soul or where is the epicenter? Do you know what I mean? It's a kind of tough one. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's an office and a space is a concept. It's what is that new concept? Yeah, exactly. And I think these are the most fascinating discussions to be having is like you say, where is the soul? Where's the, the hub that people go to where they're reinvested back into what they're doing, you know, in the culture and even networking. I love networking, like all these talks that I've been doing um, on panels. And then it's really weird when it finishes and you've got all this adrenaline, and you shut your laptop down. I miss people. I miss having a beer with someone at the end and having a nice chat and sharing ideas and, and the conversation that, that can come from that is sometimes more valuable than the panel discussion itself. There's, there's, there's the organicness of walking past someone's Mac and go, oh, I like that. Have you thought about this? Or sometimes it used to annoy our designers. They'd go downstairs and make a coffee and I'd get onto their computer and move things around a little bit. You know, James would change people's screen backgrounds and log them out and change the language to Korean or something. But, you know, it, it can be a creative thing. And again, it creates, you know, like a human kind of creative bond. So I'm all for working from home, but then equally, uh, what is it? You know, again, you talk about culture, you talk about soul, you know, a lot of uh, employees want to work in places that have, that have stand for something. Uh, it's very hard to do that remotely. Do you know what I mean? So, does that, cause that makes sense. You know, oh, we like working for those, that company, they allow you to bring your dogs, they allow you to work from home. There's always this yoga, there's this, all this. It's very hard to impart culture if you're not in a space to share that culture. So one of the challenges for, for us and for many organizations, I'm sure, yeah, I agree, because that used to be one of the selling points when I used to speak to companies. That what's, what's their company culture like? That's 50-50. It's like, what's the work like? What will I be producing? What will look good for my portfolio for the future? And what's their work culture like? Yeah. be a real selling point. Do they have a dog in the office? The amount of people that they're sold because there's a really cute dog there or uh, one company I work for, every Friday morning we'd have a fry-up. We used to love that and you'd take turns making it and you'd all sit on the long table and have your breakfast together on a Friday and just chat. And the fact that will be missing and how do you connect people when they're not in a physical space? Yeah, uh, creative. I mean, I'm very, very productive. Working from home, I can do a lot. When I work on my own projects, I can smash through things and I can work whatever. But if I'm collaborating with other team members, it's quite hard to jam, you know, and we talk about having multiple uh, connections on a Zoom call. So I'll be talking to you now, there'd be another, like my phone would be pointing at my sketchbook, you know, if I was doodling. So I think there, there needs to be smarter tools for that. But then equally, people get Zoom fatigue. Being jamming in person is different to jamming via Zoom or Hangouts, things like that. So, yeah, I agree. And Zoom fatigue, it's such a real thing. Like I always ask people, would you prefer the phone? Because everyone's so keen to just say, should we Zoom? When it could have been a phone call, I find. Whereas I always say, well, hang on, should we just have this as a phone call? 
Yeah, well, it's a bit like um, Clubhouse. You know, it, it's like I can just listen to it while I'm cooking or, or whatever or doodling. You know, I can listen to it and participate. And it's not, it's not fully, it's engaging, but not, I don't have to invest fully to it. You know what I mean? It's like, if I, it would be rude now if I start drawing now, you know, but I think some of that we have to kind of overcome. Yeah, I agree. And it's always, where do you look when you're talking? It feels strange, staring into the camera, staring yeah, at the yeah. I, there. I, 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 I have a learning difference, so I'm easily distracted, you know, there's birds, I've got like, literally, there'll be foxes walking by in a minute or this and that. And suddenly, you know, I, I think I said last time, I literally was on a call with a client and I had all the doors open and all the birds were making a racket. And literally I'm on a phone to the client. I said, sorry, one moment. I literally picked up my remote control to turn down the birds. And everyone's like laughing at me. And I, I just realized what I'd done, you know, you kind of forget. We're in these little bubbles, you know, I'm very, very fortunate to have this space. Some people don't, you know, there's two or three people in one space. You know, people are working on their beds and mm. things like that. So one of the things that we're doing is trying to give people work at home allowance or again, Victoria, she's in France. She goes to give her budget to go hire a little office nearby where she can step out, things like that. So yeah, it's whatever we can do to enable a, a, a good working environment. Yeah, and that's uh, going back to what you said about how suddenly you have access to people that are not just in London, that can be all over the UK, because happiness levels, someone's telling me about a report about in London have gone down, but uh, across the rest of the UK have gone up, because all, all of a sudden people were having access to jobs and bookings and clients that they didn't because they weren't based in London. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm seeing a, power, a big shift. You know, you see it in Silicon Valley, you see it in London, you know, um, again, you know, I, I think I've even reached out to you. Hey, we need some people. I don't care where they are. You yeah. know, we've got good water, good internet, you know. Uh, and again, you know, it, yeah, it's a very interesting kind of thing to be, to be mindful of. You know, you're not, you know, you're not competing with a London. I think any designers that are in London, they're competing with other London people. Now you're competing with day one who's got internet access. So it's this that that's a two-way street, you know. So it's quite exciting, but it equally very, very competitive as well. Yeah, and, and I noticed in 2020, 2021, I've had loads of European clients reach out to me. So I'm doing like European recruitment now. Whereas before it was all London-centric and that was all where it was all based, and that was it. Yeah, you know, if 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 I'm working literally or well. I just thought of it now, you know, from one point of view, why aren't we talking to designers in Orlando to help us design this project? Yeah. You know, uh, or, you know, we've got a friend as well who is in New York and he's learning Spanish, paying, you know, $200 an hour for someone. Now he's, everyone's working, he's speaking to someone in Mexico City for $40 an hour. You know, so, you know, the, the digital access is pretty impressive. But then it's interesting when you kind of see both sides of that, you know, it's, you have to kind of, in, not innovate, but I suppose just be ready for, I mean, that's the digital physical thing. It, again, is like, you've got a global audience, should you choose to play in that arena. Mm. 
So my, my last question for you, Mark, and then I'll go on to Q&A. So if anyone's got any questions that they'd like to ask, please ask them now. But um, what projects should we look out for in the future? Is there anything, I know obviously you've got NDAs and stuff, but is there anything we can... I am incredibly superstitious. Okay. So I, I, I try not to talk about, I'll drop hints, I'll drop stuff, and I'll say, oh yeah, keep an eye out for that. And there's lots of stuff that just pops up and go, yep, we did that, or yes, we had a part to play in that. Um, I think uh, some of the stuff that's dropping now, uh, StockX, uh, we did some interesting uh, global talks. Uh, one was in Toronto last month, uh, last week was in Berlin. I think there's some different Tokyo and things like that. That's quite exciting. Hopefully a new, a new project we've done for them, it's actually an old project, uh, that we're hoping that the, uh, this is going to be in the design museum, talking about uh, the trends and, and data uh, around sneaker culture. The guys uh, have just, uh, in, in Amsterdam, have just finished an OP campaign um, with a, a Kanoa a surfer and Chaz, a cyclist, that's dropping now. Uh, I know there's some branding work that we're doing for Wave Gen. And I think that's the thing, it's, it's not so much there's aspects of the work we do that obviously people see, but there's things that we do that's pretty intangible. And I think, I'm thinking of it like a spider's web. Um, I'm looking forward to the work uh, that will be out maybe in the coming, well, on Monday with Weave Skills and the positioning work we're doing for Belago and things like that. Uh, pretty exciting as well. Yeah, it's, you're, you sound so busy. I know um, you've approached me about some freelance requirements, the fact that you guys are so busy at the moment with loads going on. Well, it's, it's, you know, this is probably the call out. We're working, uh, we, we're, we're designing uh, two spaces in LA. No, yeah, two spaces in LA, two spaces in Miami. You know, again, anyone that has and understanding of things like that, just reach out. We're looking for collaborators here, there, and everywhere. Anyone who's curious enough and wants to know about Kazi and want to know about stuff like that, reach out. We're always looking for animators, CGI coders, people that think different, you know, or even people that want to, you know, again, want to start a brand. So, yeah, it's, I'd say we're, it, yeah, we're, we're busy as we choose to be in that respect. You know, you kind of make your own bed in that respect. So yeah, reach out if you want to support or you're curious or whatever. What would be the best way for people to reach out? Osmosis. Because <laughs> um, uh, I'd imagine you're super busy yourself, Mark. Actually, please, people say that a lot. You know, I have our, our, our Rosalie team, oh, Mark, you're really, really busy. I'm not that busy, you know, and again, going back to the Rosie Lee thing and the against time thing, oh, you wouldn't be interested in this, or, oh, we don't think you, you know, just ask, you know, please, like, shoot a message, you know, send an email, or, you know, I mean, what's, what's the worst that can happen? I may not get back to you in the, that day, but, um, you know, that's when you just reach out, you know, um, market against time, you know, uh, against pi.me, you know, just hit me up. You know, um, I'm very easily found. 
you know, uh, all our team is like, and again, uh, Russell is, Victoria is, Toby and Alex, if you want CGI brand, you know, the, the, you know if you're a budding CGI person, Alex, if you're, you know, graphics and things like that, Toby and Victoria, you know, if you're into strategy and cheese and bees and uh, fine wine and ale, Russell, you know, and then you've got the, uh, the Rosalie creatives like James and Stein and things like that. It's pretty easy to work it out, but uh, hit me up and I can kind of um, quite easily um, link you up with the right people. You've always been really approachable like that because I always, everyone's in different. And I remember you said in our last talk that you're okay with a junior knocking on the door. And if you've got five minutes, 10 minutes, and bearing in mind they're prepared, it's almost like don't reach out unless you've actually if you're going to reach out to Mark, I'd say make sure you've got a really slick portfolio or CV. Oh, it doesn't have to be slick because, like, I think the watch out is that it's never slick enough. Perfect, you know, there's people, oh, yeah, we even speak to our team. Like, I, I get really frustrated when people wait for the deck to be finished to share it. So, hey, it's still work in progress. My portfolio nearly is done, or I've got this thing. It's not quite, as long as you kind of communicate that, you know, uh, Tom Phillips. Uh, I'm sure you won't mind. Uh, he was the first person we ever employed. Uh, and he came in with his work that was in a cardboard envelope. It looked like it, it, it was bad. It was so bad. Right. And he had tape all over it, you know. But we saw put past that. We saw his energy, he saw the work, you know. You know, so don't 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 fall into the perfect mode because it will never be finished in that respect so just reach out just as long as you said it off the right way i'm always receptive someone did that for me i think uh adrian shaughnessy i think most of you people uh, should know about him i knocked on the door at intro and i came down from birmingham you know i never even heard of intro i just walking by with my portfolio at the time knocks on the door he popped his head out and he said yeah sure i've got 10 minutes chatted he gave me what was then the bible which is like the creative handbook sent me on my way and you know i always been fondly of him you know just taking that he was very successful very very busy you know and he took 10 minutes out for me so wicked on where i can i try to do that as well or at least challenge our team to do it as well okay brill so anyone listening it doesn't have to be the finished slick polished article just something to show that would be interesting was it over and um, so question that i've got here from um does mark have any advice for someone setting up a graphic design studio on their own in terms of getting your name out there and attracting new clients um what is graphic design firstly uh i don't know uh, you know, that's, I mean, of course I know what graphic design is. I think, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a strong believer, but I don't recognize the industry that I was trained in. It's, it's, it's unrecognizable. Same for photography, same for film. Um, just do it. I, I, again, uh, all you need is a sketchbook, a pen, and a phone. You know, you don't need a studio. You don't need business cards. You don't need it. It's actually, if you, like I said, if you don't, if you wait for it to be perfect, it will always, never, our first studio was in Viva Hairdressers in Shoreditch. And like literally hair used to fall down when we were working and literally go to Nike and go, and like hair was like, 
yeah, I mean, yeah, just start. Um, uh, you know, it's easier than ever before. Perhaps it's really great. Uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and things like that. I mean, super competitive, of course, but the the level of the barriers to entry are, are really easy now. Um, and yeah, just go for it. And, and maybe do homage logos to people, you know, like we do a Polaroid logo and things like that, you know, use things like Tocopia, logo archive to express things, experiment, show work in progress. You know, there's some great uh, creative platforms out there for showing your thinking. Yeah, I think that's a good um, good advice is just, just start, just go for it. And even if it's not perfect, just that initial step. And sometimes it's nice to design for companies you want to work for. I know Yaza Twins, they won a huge account because they did a rebrand that that company didn't ask for them to do it, but then they did and they loved it so much, they commissioned them to work for yeah, them. We did the same years ago. We redesigned Polaroid, we, uh, Microsoft, Labour and things like that. And we created these alternate branding and sent it around as posters, you know, and again, that, that opened doors you know, um, so yeah, you could, there's all kinds of interesting forums out there to kind of show, you know, consumer readaptations or think different type stuff. You know, there's all kinds of uh, active design activism, you know, WHO, the core for creatives they did last year. You know, there's all kinds of great things, you know, challenging your skills and, you know, support a community. You know, we, we help people like uh, Trap Mafia, run them through as well so as a part of our kind of relationship we support them with graphics and they run around london kind of try to motivate people to do cool stuff so again find a collaborator of some kind or platform you know whether that can be a small artisan bakery like grams in amsterdam which we did or uh, corey and charlie you know track mafia run them things like that you know just find uh, platforms to kind of do work for, for do free work as well you know free work is subjective but you need a portfolio to have context yeah when i um i had a chat with uh vic lee uh last week that did the corona diaries i don't know if you've seen them yeah. um but um he was talking about when you're working on certain projects it's about working out like the longevity of the work like even though this might be free will this pay off for me in, in another way sometimes it's not all about the financials of an exact price you'll get paid for a project it's where could it well, lead to you know, between you and them they don't know that you did it for nothing yeah you know, between you and them you know uh whatever and, and again you never know you know yeah, I've got stuff behind me that I've done for free, and then, well, free is respected, you know, but the thing is, it's not really about that. It's about now that work is now living and in the wild, and you never know where it goes. And again, there's great mock-up uh, tools and PSD files to kind of help work look like it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a catch me to doing those kind of design mock-ups, but I think if you can find uh, a small business or a startup, or things like that and support them. We help people like Plant Daddy and things like that, where we, we like their mission statements, we like their values. So yeah, we'll support, you know, we'll put our team with them and our team will learn with them and then potentially we grow with them and we can be their agency. We're doing it with Tigo to preview. Now we're ongoing partners with them. We worked with preview three years ago in New York. 
you know, at cost. And then now we're opening stores in Miami and LA for them. Uh, and, you know, it's, we're part of the family, so to speak. Yeah, and that's great. I've got one last question for you, Mark, and then I'll let you go. Um, if that's okay. So uh, one question is, I'm finding it hard to find a job right now. Um, I'm finding myself doing freelance. I always feel like I'm missing out because I don't have industry experience. What advice can you give to someone like me who feels all over the place because of lack of experience? Tough one. Um... I'm on the fence with work placements. It, it's, it's, it's going to sound contentious, you know, uh, especially now I want to give work placements. And I want to support people and ask them to help work on projects. But, you know, again, yes, we're busy, but we don't have that much money to give. So, you know, it's a really kind of tough one to kind of like, how do you get in? Does that, especially now, it's a bit of a tough one but i think if you can you know try to do work placements again per personally for me when i worked in london i worked for free i made sure that i you know they had no reason to let me go you know there was no reason and i worked in bars in the week uh, you know so I, would, I was learning and learning and learning you know getting access to clients access to clients learning 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 and then you put your hat in the ring and then that's how it kind of works. It's tough, you know, but then I get that, that you shouldn't work for free as well. You know, it's very hard. But what I would say with people working from home now, certain overheads, i.e. living in London, hopefully things like that kind of smooth that out. You know, if you are, do you know what I mean? It's like in the past, someone would have to live in London, commute to get to the office and things like that. So it's, it, I don't know. It, it, I know it's a problematic thing, but um, I know it's, it's, it's tough, you know, as much as I love, I mean, against time is different. We bring in interns, we talk about it. We don't, we do work on sensitive projects, whereas Rosalie works on highly sensitive projects. So it's a bit hard to kind of like have those sort of people around to mentor and learn uh, and teach. But it's more so, it's not, sometimes it's not about ability. It's more about, is that, is that person's head screwed on? You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's a very, I'd have to meet someone to go, here, this person's a great creative, but also understands the gravity of having, having access to our Nike folders or our Coty work or things like that, or athlete stuff. So... You know, and again, it, yeah, it's tough. I don't, re I didn't really answer that, but uh, I think reach out to me and depending where you are, maybe to hook you up with friends with studios or clients that are maybe looking for freelance stuff. And again, just being persistent. I think one of the biggest skills that I think a creative needs today is not so much creativity, it's a thick skin. You know, it's tough out there. Rejection after rejection, you know, people can be, challenging clients can be challenging and things like that it's it's resilience i think that's the that's the one thing i think people need to have yeah i agree with you there about resilience and um just not giving up knowing that it and i know it's that's really easy for for us to advise at the moment i know when like you're a junior and you're starting out it's tough but we've all been juniors at one point i think the industry's always been tough as well 
it's always been a struggle to get into um, depending like uh, throughout not even depending sorry but it's always been quite a challenge so just keep going keep creating go on the dots have a really good ask section where you can ask to get involved in projects with people and just try and pick up some working briefs if you can yeah you know there's at home uh, uh, I was listening to a, a, an athlete uh, a swimmer on, on the news this morning uh, and he was saying like he backs himself he knows when he gets on that podium and he's going to dive he's looking around like so if you believe in yourself and things like that you know that's the thing it's belief but tempered with obviously a little bit of humility as well because you can't just walk in right I want to be CD you know but I think it, it's it's more so what's up there as opposed to what you can do with your mouse or pen so it's it again it's reconnect with people what what's in there you know what, why they're thinking about what they're passionate about more than ability you know um so yeah well what makes a great creative is every life experience they've had and observations they've made of the world expressed into their work and bringing something bringing ideas bringing a voice bringing an opinion to the studio and pushing yeah. the project forward. I mean, we, talk, we talk about this a lot we get asked to do a lot of spatial work and all kinds of things and we're not architects or spatial designers but we go into spaces all day every day but if you know I don't know how to run a restaurant, but I know what I like when I go there. You know, so again, our team, you know, they are fans of the things they work on. You know, when they want to see a release or they want to go to, what do they want to see? What, do, what really upsets them when they go to the, the changing rooms in the gym? You know, oh, that, really, that really upsets me. You know, bring those, you know, we're all humans. What do you like? What do you like in a restaurant? What do you like when the, what the banks is that you know that's what it means that doesn't bring your whole self and if you are into music or into food or into culture and stuff bring that to bear because you know especially with uh, the industry now it's more about content more about point of view and you know like taking toby he's really into football or soccer depending where you are in the world just put in with skill hey you guys need to talk and they can talk football all day long and still graphic and do graphics as well. I can I can't talk about football. That's one of the big jokes for the Man United Arsenal work that I did. <laughs> you know, I knew nothing about football, but that was kind of good because I came with a fresh perspective. Yeah. Brilliant. Well Mark, thank you so much for your time and thank you everyone that's tuned in. I hope you got a lot out of that. Um I found that really interesting. I, I got a lot out of that conversation that we had. <laughs> I think, you know, I again, here I am in a perceived lofty position. Again, as soon as you stop learning, you must stop. So I learned a lot from this. Every time I meet someone, young or old or whatever, I, you know, I had, we were talking last night to someone and they said, thank you for mentoring us. And said, no, you've been mentoring me. You just, don't, you know, I'm kind of like, you know what I mean? It's a transaction as such where, wow. You know, so yes, just be open to every opportunity, every conversation, and it makes you a better person. Yeah, I agree. Thanks again. And um, yeah, take care, everyone, and have a good day. Yeah, and yeah, again, hit us up if you, if you want a shoulder to cry on or, or have a point of view. They're always willing to support. Good. Thank you. Uh, take care.